This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. May my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. And in these days, in this series, we're learning how to walk in the blessing of the Lord in the midst of all that's going on. I said during the offering time at Guy's Night that in these days, you cannot withhold your way to prosperity. With all that's going on, you're not going to free up the extra money you need by being stingy, stingy with God or stingy with your husband or wife or stingy with your children. Stingy with family, stingy with those in need. And so we have to again go to the Word of God to discover how to look to God as our source and how to walk in more than enough in the days in which we're living. In the news, we see the result of out of control government spending, runaway inflation. The pastor has warned us. Now, I follow some people that watch what the Treasury is doing, and it's amazing. You know, they're, they're doing what they're doing. But at the same time, they're printing more money, and at the same time, they're just continuing on what they've been doing. So you can't trust what they might say while they're being interviewed by Congress. So there's runaway inflation. A woman in the church reports that the products her company represents are up on average 30% in just one year. Gas and grocery prices have dramatically increased. Interest rates are increasing. A young man in the church recently told my father that his family's net worth just crossed a million dollars. My father asked him, he said, do you feel rich? He told pastor, certainly not. According to Bloomberg News, inflation will cost American households on average an extra $5,200 this year, or $433 per month. And even that estimate, I think, is bogus, wrong. That, that might just be in terms of extra gas. So in these days, how do we walk in more than enough? How do we walk in the provision and the blessing of Almighty God? If God's people do not learn how to walk in miraculous financial provision and start believing, confessing, and taking action on the word, the reality is millions of American Christians, people who love the Lord, they'll sink from middle class into poverty because of inflation and because of these economic circumstances. So what must we do? We have to learn how to walk in the blessing of God like never before. We have to learn how to walk in miraculous financial provision. And I told you I'm old-fashioned, so I'm going to give you some homework. And I've mentioned this. In the cafe, we have Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith. And we're not trying to sell books. You order it on Amazon, order it directly from their evangelistic association. You buy a used copy off eBay, however you want. But I would challenge you to get this, to read it, to study it, and to meditate on it, and to look for ways to be a blessing, to look for ways to be led by the Holy Spirit 
and being a blessing. And Jesus said in Mark 4 and verse 28, for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. You go back to the beginning to Genesis. The Bible says as long as the earth endures, there will be seed time and harvest. So you can have harvest no matter what year you're living in. You can have harvest no matter what decade you're living in. You can have harvest no matter what the Fed is doing, no matter what rates are, but you will not have harvest without seed time. As long as the earth endures, there will be seed time and harvest. And a basic premise in this series has been, if our giving or if our action is not a stretch, then it's not in faith. If we're going to go to new levels, we have to step out in faith past our comfort zone. Say this, say, God is my source. Is my source. Say, I will give, I will give. That, I receive. that I may receive. Say, once my seed is planted, I will expect a harvest. Now, so far, we've learned three principles of seed faith giving. Number one, God is the source of your supply. Praise God for the job. Praise God for this or that side endeavor. Praise God for this or that unexpected blessing. But you have to remember the Lord is your source. And you have to remember that whether it's the paycheck, whether it's an unexpected blessing, however it comes, give thanks to God because he is the source. He is the supply of everything good in our lives. Number one, God is the source of our supply. Number two, God wants to be first in your life and first in your giving. So whatever you give, give it as a faith seed. And number three, when you give, expect a miracle. Jesus said, give and it will be given unto you. So when you give, you ought to fully expect, you have every right to expect that it will be given unto you. When you give, expect a miracle. God will use your giving to further the gospel. And he will also use your giving to multiply it back into your life, to meet needs, to empower you, to enable you to reach goals. Now, if you're moral and a tither and industrious, and I believe you are because you're still here after my introduction to the message this morning, if you're moral and a tither and industrious, what is the difference between Christians who make dramatic progress versus Christians who are just kind of blessed? They're, they're a little blessed. But friends, in this day we're living in, I don't just want enough. I don't, I don't want just $5 left over every two weeks or $10 left over at the end of the month. You know, that, that is not comforting. You know, in, in marriages, why, why, why do a lot of couples fight? What do they often fight about? Money. And the lack of peace that comes from a lack of money. So I don't just want enough. I want more than enough. Now, this world and religion, and religion of every kind is hypocritical when it comes to money. And this is an old example, but it's a good one. On Friday, September 5th, 2003, there was a BBC article on the new Hindu goddess in Kathmandu. A six-year-old girl had been chosen earlier that year. And in 2003, the city of Kathmandu was charging tourists $2.50 just to see her, which would have raised $200,000 a year. And 2022 money, it would be nearly a million dollars. So the city was charging people, tourists, just to see her, just to get a glimpse of her. But no one saw her because the girl went on strike demanding 
10% of the proceeds, an estimated $20,000 a year. Now, if this religious false humility and poverty routine weren't bogus, the city wouldn't have charged in the first place, and the girl would not have demanded a cut. So when people have these religious attitudes, it's hypocritical. And God's people are foolish to embrace those wrong attitudes. You know, when people run for public office and their tax returns are released, it's always amazing how the politicians that think you ought to be taxed more and more of your, the money from your hard work ought to be taken for this or that, when you look at their tax return, they don't give anything. You know, they can make hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. You look at their tax return and their charitable giving in the last year was less than $1,000. And that, that's the conversation no one wants to have. they, they got to cut spending. And in your life, your family, you might have to look at what you need to do more, more efficiently, more strategically. So when people have these religious attitudes, they are hypocritical. Now, seed faith giving, which we've been learning about, seed faith giving is not tithing, and tithing is not seed faith giving. Tithing is what we do after. Say after. after. Tithing is what we do after the money comes in, in gratitude and thanksgiving to God. Seed faith giving is giving that we do before the money comes in, in faith and anticipation of the harvest. Hebrews 6.14 says, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. Why don't we say that? Say, surely blessing... My heavenly Father will bless me and surely multiply. My heavenly Father will multiply me. So you got to meditate on that and get that in your heart that regardless of what's going on around us, you're blessed and you're being blessed and you're going to be more blessed. And regardless of what's going on around us, you're being multiplied and you're going to be more multiplied. Let's go back to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4, beginning in verse 26, Jesus said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. And night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. And all by itself the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. So this is what the kingdom of God is like. You go back to Genesis. As long as the earth endures, there will be seed time and harvest. Now, the, the answer, not the answer for most everything you might be believing God for, the answer for most everything you might be facing or worried about or concerned about or anxious about, the answer is harvest. More than enough. But how do you get there? As long as the earth endures, there will be seed time and harvest. And a lot of people, a lot of believers, they love the Lord. They're praying for a harvest. They're hoping for a harvest. They're confessing a harvest. They're, they're fasting for a harvest. They're denying themselves for a harvest. But what has to come first before the harvest? Seed. Seed time. As long as the earth endures, there will be seed time and harvest. And Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man or a woman scatters seed. And as we'll get to, if you want to live a life of harvest, you got to live a life of sowing. But I know, with the news, 
or you turn on talk radio, or you go to the gas station. Just this weekend, I, I filled up our, our three cars. I know, you, you go and you go to the gas station, you, you fill up. Then the, the natural human reaction is, well, I, I gotta look for ways to make this up. But because of what they've done, because of the percentages, you can't make it up and break even in the natural. You're going to have to look to God. The people of God are going to have to look to God. You're going to have to learn to look to your heavenly Father as your source and supply. You're going to have to learn to work what Jesus taught. God can only multiply what we give. Well, what's the harvest on nothing? It's nothing. And we got busy this spring. We got busy in May. Then we were gone with our family in June, and so Jessica just did not have the opportunity to plant this year like she normally does. So what's out there? Nothing. And, I, you know, it's, I'm not saying this to make her feel bad about it. Doesn't, doesn't bother me. Amen? But the harvest on nothing is nothing. And again, you, you get God's people, and they, they, they love the Lord. They, they've got good intentions. Praying, believing, confessing, fasting. But without seed time, there is no harvest. Our Heavenly Father can only multiply what we give. Say it again. Say, God is my source. Is my source. Say, I will, give, I will give that I may receive. receive. Now see, a religious person or someone that has spent their life not being generous, they would have a problem with that. Well, it's wrong to give to receive. It's selfish to give to receive. The farmer plants so he'll reap a... Well, would a farmer be any good if he didn't plant? Would a farmer even be a farmer if he didn't plant? It is intelligent to give that you may receive. It is intelligent to look for opportunities to be a blessing so that your heavenly Father can multiply that back to you in every area of life. It is intelligent and wise and smart, and it is biblical, which is most important of all, to give that you may receive. Say, say God is my source. Is my source. Say, I will, I will give that I may receive. I may receive. Say, once my, once my seed is planted, I'll expect a harvest. So seed faith giving is not tithing. Tithing is not seed faith giving. Tithing is what you do after, say after, the money comes in, and gratitude and thanksgiving to God. Seed faith giving is what you do before the money comes in, and faith and anticipation of the harvest. Jesus said, look in your Bible at Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Now we're, we're applying this to our finances, but this this works in every area of life. Luke 6, 38, give, and it will be given to you. Give, and it will be given to you. Pastor Austin, I want to receive. Give, that it may be given unto you. Give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use. Who uses? I, I, I know, your husband or wife. With the measure, who uses? the measure pastor uses, is that what it says? With the measure you use. Point at yourself, say, I am responsible. I am responsible. Point, do say it again, say, I am 100% responsible. responsible. And this is why all the time we say, in your life, you're the farmer. You determine whether or not you sow, 
You determine the seeds you sow. You determine whether those seeds are sparing or generous. And in your life as the farmer, you determine your harvest. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So Jesus taught us to give. Give, and it will be given unto you. I, I have a need. Give, and it will be given unto you. I have an unexpected bill. Give, and it will be given unto you. The, the expenses and groceries and gas and the, these areas of life have gone up and they have increased 10% and 20% and 25%. In some areas, double. Give, and it will be given unto you. This is the answer. But see, it takes faith to believe it. It takes faith to take action upon it. Give, and it will be given unto you. Jesus taught us to give. And when you give, give it as a seed of faith, an expectation of the harvest. Seed money thanks God in advance. It's just like how you pray over your food in advance before you eat. You, you expect that the meal is going to be good. You expect that our Heavenly Father is going to take away sickness and disease from your midst. You expect that even if they didn't wear a hairnet in the back, even if they're not wearing gloves in the back, even if they did not wash their hands in the back, it is all going to be okay because you walk with the Lord. Remember once Aaron was taking some of the high school kids to eat breakfast at IHOP and uh, they, they asked me to go and I went with them and I went into the restroom before we, we sat down to wash my hands and, I, you know, there's a lot of people here. I'm not going to be uh, impolite in the way I describe this, but anyway, there was a lot of noise and a guy came out of a stall and he, he was one of the cooks, had the apron on everything, didn't wash his hands. You know, that day I thought, I'm good, I don't need to eat, I don't need breakfast today, amen? <laughs> and with five kids, it can be hard for Jessica and I to get out by ourselves without someone with us. It's a blessing. Amen. We had one of those opportunities Friday, went to see a movie, and you know, uh, I've been running with Sophie and Michaela, so I thought like, well, even though I shouldn't get the large popcorn, I've been running with them, so it's okay. It, it all, you know, equals out. It's fine. So I, I was enjoying my, my large popcorn and soda, and you know, Jessica wasn't sitting that close to me, so I knew the hair in the popcorn wasn't her hair. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's a fluke, but 30 seconds, there was another one. I, I took it out, and I, went, I said, you know, could y'all please give me a new one? And they asked, did you keep the hair? What color was it? It's dark. We're in a, I, I had no idea. <laughs> but when you, you pray over your food, you're doing that in faith, that our Heavenly Father, in 2022, He is going to protect you no matter what's going on behind the scenes. And the same thing is true with seed faith giving. We, we take action in advance. We, we give in advance, believing God, there's a harvest on the way. We don't know how. We don't know how he's going to do it or bring it to pass, through what means or what method or what person. But we give it in faith, believing God, the answer, the harvest, the provision is on the way. When we tithe, we bring to God's house a tenth of the increase after we have made the money. And if you study that word out in the Hebrew, in Old English, it means tenth. It is ten percent. So we give, we bring the tithe to the house of God after the increase, after the money has been made. 
But when we give above and beyond, as Jesus taught in Luke 6, 38, we give before the money comes in. At Faith Christian Center, we've always taught the difference between tithes and offerings. A tithe is a tenth. It is a set amount. And praise God for it. So the Word of God has not changed. When you go home this week and read Malachi, as I encourage you, you're not going to see that your Bible has changed to 12% or 20% because of inflation or 25% because of what it is. And the reality is because of what our government has done. You know, as they raise interest rates, the interest on our government's debt payments also go up. And if they don't cut spending, what are they going to have to do to cover it? Raise taxes. So see, they're, they're changing what they're doing all the time. But praise God, our Heavenly Father, He, he doesn't change what he, He's doing. It's the same. It is a tenth. A tithe is a tenth. It is a set amount. And in the kingdom of God, an offering is not an offering until it is given above and beyond the tithe. Offerings are not a set amount. We give offerings as led by the Holy Spirit. We give offerings according to our faith, based on how God has blessed us and the level that he has brought us to. And this is why you cannot withhold your tithe and give it as an offering instead. Until the tithe is given, we're robbing God. The tithe brings us into financial covenant with God. And you'll not, you will not walk in the blessing of God until you begin tithing, until you begin putting God first in your finances, until you begin honoring the Lord with your wealth. That's Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your increase. The Living Bible says all your income. It is a matter of honor. It is a matter of what belongs to God. And then you go and read the entirety of Malachi. It is not just a matter of honor and what is right. It is a matter of righteousness. And through Malachi, God was expressing his anger with his priests, the men of God in Malachi's day, because they were robbing God. They weren't putting God first, and they were bringing to God sacrifices, offerings that were blemished. They were defective. They were not what was first. They were not what was best. And they gave, when they presented animal offerings and sacrifices, if an animal was not first or what was best, or if it was blemished, the value of that animal was less than a pure offering. So they were robbing God. See, in difficult days, they were trying to stay even and trying to stay afloat by taking it out of whose end, whose side? The Lord's. But you cannot live a blessed life doing that. You get into Malachi 3 and Malachi 4, you find out because of that behavior, judgment's coming. Wrath is coming. Through Malachi, the Lord said, you'll again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. So you have to renew your mind to the word of God. In, in, in wicked days, in economically depressed days, Elijah did not do without. Elisha did not do without. Why? They walked with the Lord. And that's what you have to determine to do in your own life. So you cannot withhold the tithe and give it as an offering until the tithe is given or robbing God. Why don't you look at your Bible? Look at Malachi chapter 3. And we'll, we'll get to it here in the notes in a minute. But I want to go ahead and take you, take you there. I'm going to read 
this part out of the King James. Malachi 3, verse 8, will a man rob God? And the answer is, yes. Will even men of God rob God? Will even clergy rob God? Yes. Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all. How much? The NIV says the whole time, all of it. And so your husband or wife may not know, but the Lord knows. Your employer may not know, but the Lord knows. The Lord knows. And he knows how we are handling the finances that we have entrusted him with. And so a tithe is a tenth. It is 10% of the increase that crosses our hands. And the tithe brings us into financial covenant with God. As we see, and we'll get to, there are three benefits or blessings associated with it. So you'll not begin to walk in the blessing of the Lord until you begin tithing. Too many believers try to give offerings when they're not even enrolled in God's financial covenant. They, they, they try to give an offering here or there in desperation when they're not even walking in financial covenant with Almighty God. Again, look at Luke 6.38. Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, say, with the measure I use. The measure I use. Smile at your neighbor and do it positive. Say, with the measure you use. The measure you use. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now notice Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. Jesus did not say, after you receive, then give. No, giving comes first. Action comes first. Sowing comes first, then the harvest. And seed faith giving above and beyond, it is both a sowing and a reaping. That's why in Philippians 4 and verse 15, the apostle Paul called it the matter of giving and receiving. It's not just a matter of giving. It's a matter of giving and receiving. A few Sundays ago, we quoted from the book of Acts where Paul quoted Jesus. It's a statement we don't have in the Gospels. But Paul reminded those listening to him of what Jesus said, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Why? When you receive, that's the end. It's the end. But when you give, that is merely the beginning. And when you give, the harvest is always more than what you give. Give, and it will be given to you. So Jesus did not say, after you receive, then give. No, the giving comes first. The action comes first, then the harvest. Seed faith giving is both sowing and reaping. So it's not just a matter of giving. It's a matter of giving and receiving. Say, say it again. Say, God is my source. Say, I will give so that I may receive. Say it this way. Say, I will give so that I have more than enough. So tithing is what we do after the money has come in, in gratitude and thanksgiving to God. As Proverbs says, we honor him with our wealth. We acknowledge that everything that we have comes from the hand of God. Seed faith giving is what we do before the money comes in, in faith and anticipation of the harvest. With seed faith giving, we both sow and reap. When we sow, we claim the return that Jesus promised in Luke 6, 38. We give so that our Heavenly Father would multiply a harvest back into our lives. When you live a life of sowing, you'll live a life of harvest. Now, if you can get your mind around this and get this in your heart and begin living accordingly at whatever level God has blessed you with, it'll change your life.
When you live a life of sowing, you'll live a life of harvest. A lot of people, even God's people, they, they look for opportunities to avoid being a blessing. I mentioned that a few, few months ago. You know, you have, you have a get-together. They don't come. Why? If they come, they might have to bring a gift. They, they don't come. They, they live their lives looking for opportunities to avoid being a blessing. You got to turn that around in the positive and look for opportunities to be a blessing. And how do we prosper in these days? How do we pull ahead in these days? We look for opportunities to be a blessing. We look for opportunities to give so that it may be given unto us. We look for opportunities to sow. When you live a life of sowing, you'll live a life of harvest. Continuous seed faith giving will result in a continual renewal in your finances. It'll result more than enough. A continual sowing for a continual reaping. Say this, say, I will live a life of sowing, so I will live a life of harvest. Say, say I'm going to give so that I may receive. And again, don't, don't make some religious person feel, make you feel bad about that. It's intelligent. It's wise. It is biblical. It is the system our Heavenly Father put into place. The Christian lifestyle is a lifestyle of giving and seed sowing. So why are there many believers? And they've been living for God five years, 10 years, 15 years, but it seems as though they're not blessed. Well, first, they never entered into God's financial covenant by tithing. And by robbing God, they have actually brought themselves under a curse. I just read it out of the King James. You are cursed with a curse. The 90% blessed by God goes further and accomplishes more and does more than 100% not blessed by God. Amen. And it's not that it's just not not blessed. Once you know what the Word says and you choose not to do what the Word says, not only is it not blessed, it is actually cursed. So the 90% blessed by God does more, accomplishes more, produces more than the 100% that is cursed. Amen. Now I know, listen, I'm 40 years old. I keep saying that like I'm an old man. I'm not, amen. <laughs> but I have grown up in church all my life. So I know, it's not news to me that people have an issue with this, but they do without. They don't have enough. They don't make progress year after year. And the very same people that won't be doers of what the word says in Malachi, everything the government says do, they do. We were on vacation, we come back from vacation, it's Texas. It's June. It feels like August. And there are people by themselves still wearing their Etsy mask, which any thinking, intelligent person who has read knows does nothing. But if tomorrow the president or Dr. Fauci said wear two or wear three, they would do it. But they come to church, and we read out of Malachi, will a man rob God, yet you rob me. How do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and see if I will not 
throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you won't have room enough for it. See, they, they don't want to be a doer of the word of God, but they're a doer of man's word, and that's why they have man's results. So why are many Christians not blessed? They've never begun walking in financial covenant with God. Second, they've never entered into a supernatural lifestyle of giving as taught by Jesus. So maybe they brought themselves to where they tithe, but they've never gone beyond that looking for opportunities to be a blessing, looking for opportunities to sow, looking for opportunities to give that they may reap a harvest. To live a blessed life as a Christian, first, you have to bring to God's house a tenth or 10% of all the increase that crosses your hands. This is the financial covenant that God has had with men since Abraham. The tithe is a seed that is owed. It belongs to the Lord. Second, to live a life of blessing, you have to live a life of generosity. Say, a life of generosity. You've got to go beyond the blessings of tithing into higher levels with giving above and beyond. Seed faith giving is a seed that is sowed. So the tithe, it is owed, but an offering, a seed faith gift, it is a seed that is sowed. Again, seed faith giving is not tithing. Tithing is not seed faith giving. Tithing is a seed that is owed. It belongs to the Lord. It belongs to him. So when money crosses our hands, 10% belongs to the Lord. It's not Austin's. It's not just in us. It's not ours to do with whatever we want. It belongs to the Lord. And so we bring it to the house of God. Now, I'll use us as an example that way. Hopefully, no one will be offended with me. But, but we live this out. Even if I'm, I'm at Chick-fil-A and get to the window and they say, well, the, the person in front of you covered it. Well, I want to know how much it was. And I, I keep a note on my phone. So anytime any extra money blessings cross our hands, I, I put on there what we owe in tithes the next time we come to God's house. It doesn't matter if it's just $10 or $50 or $100. We settle up with the Lord. And that's why we walk in the blessing of God the way we do. And then we look for opportunities to be a blessing. We give above and beyond the tithe all the time. Where we're still working on our commitment. So every, every time we come to church, we're taking action toward that commitment. Last Sunday morning, last Wednesday night, today, this Wednesday night, those are always seeds that we're sowing above and beyond the tithe. I was here at Guy's Night. I gave to be a blessing to honor pastor. That is a seed that is sown. In addition to our tithes this morning, brought two separate seeds of faith. What, why are we doing all this giving? We're giving that it may be given unto us. We have five kids. You know, if you had told me when Jessica and I first got married, or when we had just had Sophia and Michaela, if you, you had told me, Austin, there is a day coming when your family has breakfast, it's going to take at least a dozen eggs. And, and they're just getting now, getting into the junior high years. I know, I know what's coming. When Michaela's in high school and then Samuel's in high school, it's going to take three and four dozen eggs to feed them at breakfast. So I, I can't have enough by being cheap or being stingy or doing like God's men in Malachi's day and trying to find some crooked way this way or that way to, to steal from God. I have to work the plan of God. I have to do what Jesus said, give so that it will be given unto you. 
Malachi 3, beginning in verse 7. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you ask how? Now again, who is he speaking to? The priests. God's men. They know. They know what the word said. They know what the law said. But they were acting as if they didn't know. How are we to return? Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse. The whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. You look at the statistics. Why is our nation under a curse today? Yes, the immorality and the wickedness, and yes, the shedding of innocent blood. All of that. But even more so, why is our nation under a curse today? Because in our nation, God's people have robbed God. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The New King James says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Praise God, in 2022, we all need the devourer rebuked, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. So what is God's promise to those who tithe? To pour out blessings, to cause material things to be renewed, to block negative financial results? Plus, there's the law of return. I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you won't have room enough for it. So whether it's the tithe or an offering above and beyond, it is a seed that is sowed for God to multiply. First, to fund the gospel. Then, to help you, the giver, that you may receive a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When God's people work God's plan, God, God's house has plenty. Malachi 3 verse 10 says that there may be food in my house. Not lack, not a shortage, not, not enough that there may be food in my house. And when God's people work God's plan, it is so that there may be food in your house. That your pantry may be full. Not just to feed you, but so that you can be a blessing. So seed faith giving, it's giving above and beyond. It's not the tithe. Tithing is not giving, giving is not tithing. So you have to come to the place. My father's most recent workbook, Jessica encouraged him to write, it's called Bridges of Faith. And so in his, this latest workbook, it is a bridge of faith. To walk in the blessing of God, it is a bridge of faith that you have to cross. That God has a plan. And if you want to walk in his blessing, you have to work his plan. And listen, I would challenge you. If you have a hard time with a percentage, with this 10%, go home, look at your finances, evaluate all the other things that you spend 10% on. And if you do that, it'll bring you under great conviction. It is a test, but in fact, it is a small test. But it is the only time in the Word of God where God says, test me in this and see. If I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you don't have room enough for it. Tithing is what we do after the money comes in, in gratitude to God. Seed faith giving is what we do 
before the money comes in in faith and anticipation of the harvest. Too many of God's people, they, they acknowledge the truth of God's word. They say they believe it, but they never take action on it. Believing the word is taking action on the word. And continual sowing results in continual harvest. I'm not denying the circumstances in which we live. I'm not denying all that is going on around us. I'm reminding you of who our God is. In his word, he has revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. In his word, he has revealed himself as El Shaddai, the almighty God, the all-sufficient God, the God of more than enough. But how can I stand on his promises if I'm a thief? How can I stand on his promises if I'm robbing God? How can I stand on his promises and believe him to bring his promises to pass in my life if I'm not doing my part? And so we have to go to Philippians. We have to look at what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, Philippians chapter 4. He commended them. They participated in the matter of giving and receiving. And here's the reality. Does every believer, does every Christian in our land participate in the matter of giving and receiving? No. But Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, he said, they participated in the matter of giving and receiving. And it was to that group of believers, he wrote verse 19, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And so if I'm going to stand on that promise, if I'm going to believe for that promise, if I'm going to expect that that promise come to pass in my life in 2022, I have to participate in what matter? The matter of giving and receiving. Please bow your heads. You might be here today and perhaps you've heard me talk about, preach about the goodness of God, his desire to bless you, his desire to increase you, his desire to do good in your life. But, but you know in your heart you don't know him. You know in your heart that you are not a part of the family of God. This world that we live in, it'll tell you that if you're kind of good enough that that is sufficient, that you'll be in heaven someday. That is a lie. This world we live in, it'll tell you that you can come up with your own way to God. That is a lie. There is one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that's any one of us, that whosoever believes upon him would not perish, but have eternal life. You can believe upon Jesus today. You can give your life to him today. You can be saved. You can be a part of the family of God. You can know what it is to have God as your father, to have the family of God as your family. You don't have to live this life on your own. You don't have to live this life with no help. You can have God as your source. You can have God as your supply. You can have God as your father. But it all begins by giving your life to Jesus and asking him to be Lord and Savior of your life. He wants all of your life. 
the beginning of the message I share, we live in a time when people say, say they love God, they, they, they might go to church occasionally, but they're for all these wicked things in the world. Our Heavenly Father, He wants all of you. He wants your whole life. He wants your heart. He wants you. If you will give your life to Him, your life will never be the same. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I've never done that, but I want to. I want to become a part of the family of God. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask him to be my Lord and Savior. That's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it, hide where I'll see it, I'll know. You want me to pray with you? Say, Austin, pray with me. I've never asked Jesus into my heart, but I want to. I want to be a part of the family of God. You might also be here today at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you know in your heart, not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing. Maybe you've been doing your own thing in your finances, but there are areas of your life where you've been doing your own thing. You've been living in sin. You've been doing things that you know are displeasing to God. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and verse 9 that if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. You can have a new beginning. You can have a fresh start. But you've got to do as Malachi said. You've got to return to him. You've got to return to him with all of you, all of your heart, all of your life, and live for him wholeheartedly. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I need to recommit my life. That's you wherever you're seated. Raise your hand so I know you want me to pray. Say, Austin, pray with me. I need to make things right with God. I need to recommit my life. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your word, that it has gone forth as a seed planted in good ground, that it will bear a harvest 30, 60, 100 full. You might be watching or listening now or later. Say, Austin, I want you to pray with me. Repeat this simple prayer. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sins. And I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for setting me free of anything that would hinder me in living for you. In Jesus' name. Give, and it will be given unto you. Give, and it will be given unto you. So when you fill up your car, you have to remind yourself, give, and it will be given unto you. When you go to Kroger or go to Albertsons, go to Costco or Sam's, you got to remind yourself, give and it will be given unto you. And human nature is to withhold. Human nature is to be stingy. Human nature is to, to tighten up. But that is not the nature of Father God. That is not the nature of our faith. That is not the nature of Jesus Christ. That is not the nature of what he taught us. He showed us the way. Give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will our heavenly Father cause men and women to give? I love the King James, to give unto your bosom. At 9 a.m., my father used a funny example about chip companies. You know, because of inflation, they're reducing the number of chips. You know, you open up that bag, and you're, you're so disappointed 
You know, you think you're doing something as a family. You go to Sam's, go to Costco. You get the, the super-sized box of Frosted Flakes. And you open it up, and inside there's a third, a third missing. Praise God, our Heavenly Father is not like that. I said, praise God, Amen. our Heavenly Father is not like that. Amen. He is still Jehovah Jireh. He is still El Shaddai. He is still opening the windows of heaven and pouring out so much blessing. We don't have room enough for it. There was an old song, we sang it, not that we sang, believers would sing an old song about the cup overflowing, the cup overflowing, more than enough, amen? I well, hope the message today was a blessing, encouragement to you.